You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, you got Sam and Steve here to give a rundown of the last week of baseball. Sam, it is nice to play a triple-A team as a Yankees sweep the Oakland A's, and we're coming in on some good vibes this week, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, Steve. Definitely coming in on some good vibes. The Yankees sweep the Oakland A's, and holy shit, was this series something. The Yankees outscored the A's 28-10 to over three games. They won every game by at least five runs. You said it today in the Gotham Slack chat, but 100 losses would be a win for this A's team. Oh, and yeah. I, I think the whole must sweep thing is a silly argument you get fans saying that oh you have to sweep this team or it's a disappointment yada yada it's really hard to sweep teams in major league baseball but this is like you said a triple a team and the yankees took full advantage of playing them you even saw aaron hicks get the pimp a two-run home run <laughs> that is hurt. how things were going just Complete and utter domination. This is just what the doctor ordered for the Yankees, who entered this series off their worst loss of the season. Yeah, the three games prior to to this nice thrashing of the A's was in Tampa. We were worried about it. Sam, you asked for a 4-2 and record before we record here. That happened. But there is still a little sense of disappointment with that 4-2 and record because the Yankees played the Rays tit for tat, and they could have swept that series. So really disappointing that they lose two of three there. Friday night, kind of a misplayed ball by, by Bowers in left field. Led That's to not a, an indictment on him. He's not a left fielder. Right. We, we talked about it last episode. We he could have easily... having the bat in there yep. for the defense, and it, it bit us in the ass right it away. It cost us but, a game. They went, went, it was a tie game at the time, but that, that kind of ended that one. Great game uh, on Saturday. 2-3 win here. And then, like you said, you know, Sunday was set up perfect. Take, take the series. Garrett Cole on the mound, who's been lights out all year. A 6 nothing lead. What could happen? Well, the Yankees kind of happened there. Losing 8-7 in the 10th inning. Losing 2 of 3 to Tampa. Um, you said probably their, one of their best wins, the best win of the year on Saturday, followed by the worst loss of the year on Sunday. And thankfully, the Yankees didn't let that carry over to to Oakland and we're able to get the sweep there. So we got the four and two that we wanted, which is a nice, you know, nice week, but it it, it still felt like disappointment, which is good because the Yankees played well enough that they could have swept the Tampa Bay Rays, which is huge, knowing that the Rays are coming up again starting t- tonight. It should have been five and one at bare minimum. And Sunday was my first what the fuck, what is going on moment of the season. I was out to lunch Having a few Aperol spritzes. I think that's going to be the drink of the summer. Just a side <laughs> Just note. for you. And it's 6 nothing. And I turned my phone I, I turned my phone over. I wasn't really on it. I was just getting the alerts. And my buddy and I are getting ready for the Celtics game. Having some great burgers. And we go and leave. And I see it's 6-6. Six to six, And I just say, what? happened Garrett Cole was on the mound with a six nothing lead the Yankees losing extras you're gonna lose a game or two like that over the course of the season it just can't be like the team from two years ago that lost a couple of four run leads it felt like six or seven four run leads in and, and you can't have it happen later. you can't have it happen with Garrett Cole on the mound 
Like, if that happens with, you know, Clark Schmidt on you're like, ah, you know, could have saw that coming. You can't be leading 6 nothing in the fifth inning or the you know, fourth inning with Garrett Cole on the mound and lose that game. So Cole gave up his first home run of the year, ended up being two home runs. That, that really kind of ended it there for, for him, too. Look, I, I'm not going to bash Cole. Yes, it, it was it's a, a kind of a, you know, a, a massive loss here. But he's been phenomenal all year. He's carried the Yankees all year. The Yankees were going to lose a game that he started. I just didn't think that was going to happen in that heartbreaking uh, of a fashion. He'll get his redemption next week versus the Rays because he looked great. He looked good the first four innings of that game. So the, the Yankees are there. You know, this those three game series to me proved that you know the the ceiling isn't falling and the Yankees season isn't over. They can hang with the rate with the race. They can do that at the trop. That means I'm I'm hoping for good things. You know, this week here. But the, to me, the biggest change, Sam, is Harrison Bader is back. He was back for a game or two last week when we were talking about it. But Harrison Bader is fucking back and has changed basically everything about this lineup. Yankees have scored seven runs in four straight games. There was times this year it took us five games to score seven runs. Harrison Bader has just been in eight games. He's batting a ridiculous 429 with an OPS of 1.34. The power surge at three home runs already has been fantastic. You know, going into last postseason, we saw that power surge. We were like, all right, that's probably, you know, that's not his game. That's not what we're expecting. We're expecting him to man center field which he has done, and be the best defensive center fielder, and we'll take whatever we get at the plate. He's he was the best hitter this week, without a doubt, and it's great to have you know the Darth Vader back in that lineup, and really changes that lineup for the Yankees so far in this in this past week and a half. And with Aaron Judge coming back as well, we're going to get to that. You add two hitters to where five through nine look like a Triple A team, and now it's more like seven to nine, which is doable, which we can now. live with for now. But I texted my buddies today. I said Harrison Bader, since the start of last postseason when he plays, is the equivalent of Mike Trout, basically. He is <laughs> hitting the cover off the ball. I don't think I've seen him make it out. I know he was one for three today, but he is a tough, tough out. The Yankees have him batting sixth in the lineup today against the A's. I wonder if Aaron Boone decides to move him up at all. But my goodness, he is hitting everything that's thrown to him. And I wonder if the Yankees broach him about a contract. I know he's had a couple of injuries since his trade. The Yankees traded for him while he was injured last year. That was a big point of emphasis when Jordan Montgomery was just tearing things up for the Cardinals and Bader was not even playing in rehab games. But Brian Cashman, he's had plenty of criticism thrown his way this year, but credit where credit is due. Harrison Bader could turn out to be one of his best moves in the last several years as Yankees general manager. Yeah, there was some talk about, you know, the extension before the season, before the injury happened, and that kind of held it off. I think the Yankees will kind of hold off on that. Um, I don't think, you know, I think right now if they give him an extension, you know, that they're bidding against themselves while he's had probably one of the best weeks of his career. But I wonder if something like that could come up later in the year. But for now, he's a Yankee this year, and we need him to stay healthy. Had that little scare when we recorded last week. Bumping into Ajay Kleiner-Falefa. Luckily, didn't miss a game and has, hasn't missed a beat. But like I said, batting sixth changes the whole lineup. It changes the whole freaking lineup. DJ LeMayo has been playing really well, getting on base. Anthony Rizzo is batting over 300. So if these guys are on base, you know, the the, the pitcher kind of wants to, uh, you know, make this mark towards the bottom of the order. Is like, all right, well, let me get these this next guy out. Having that next guy be Bader versus, you know, Willie Calhoun or IKF or Aaron Hicks, you know, we saw batting that, you know, six, seven, eight, nine. 
you know, for a little bit. Even Oswaldo Cabrera has been off to a really slow start. It, it really does. It really drives in the runs. Like I said, the Yankees were, were like 26th in runs scored last week. They're, they're moving up, you know, in that. You know, they're back up. They're, they're, they're top 17 now. Um, so it's a huge change of pace. And it's you know, Bader's got, he's got 11 RBIs. You know, that's, that's pretty solid for, for eight games, I'd say. So he's got 25 bases in, in eight games. It's ridiculous. So it's not just little blue symbols here. He's smoking the ball. Three home runs, opposite field home run that almost had a little Jeffrey Mayer moment to, in the first inning here. But it's great to see him. And, and it's it's not just the play on the field, which we love, Sam, but it's the confidence, it's the demeanor, it's the fun that he brings to this team. Him in center field going nuts, his, his little, you know, making sure everybody knows how many outs there are, playing with his, his stupid little uh, mouth guard here. It all just fits a different vibe for this team. Ten days ago, the vibes were minimum low. Every at bat, you're like, oh, let's just get through this game. Now it's like it's completely changed. And it's easy to see that that Bader can make that that impact on a clubhouse. Yes, it helps that Aaron Judge is back now too. But the, you can't tell me that the, the vibes in that clubhouse are, aren't, are the same versus when Bader's there and when he's not. And it's a big deal. The vibes are high. He brings a ton of energy both in the lineup on the field and in the clubhouse. And the latter part is very, very important. He rejuvenized this team upon his return. And the confidence at the plate, he looks like he's ready to hit every yep. single time. He, he never looks overmatched. 28 years old, and he's the Yankees everyday center fielder. It brings that in. Cash- Sorry. When Brian bring- Cashman makes this, made this trade, the Yankees were playing Aaron Judge in center field a lot. And they didn't want that to be the case. And now, hopefully, Bader stays healthy and he runs with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you can lock him up to a deal that similar to what Ben Intendi got here, I think it's something the Yankees, you know, should be should be looking into because like it it, it brings, like I said, the, the 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 confidence and swag that he kind of brings, but it also brings that the injuries are an issue. They are an issue, and he needs to stay healthy. But it brings the stability to that lineup, knowing that he is our center fielder, and we're not. Juggling Aaron Judge, Isaiah Kinalefa, Falefa, who's never played the outfield in his life, is playing center field. Aaron Hicks can't play center field at all, so it's it is um, it's kind of a game changer for for the Yankees in in terms of that. And obviously, health will be a factor, and we'll we'll have to stay with that all year. And hopefully, that is something that 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 won't change for for the Yankees. Other positives here, I'm gonna just because he's my boy. And he had been really, really bad all year long. But Clark Schmidt looked pretty good versus the, versus the A's. He, he's had a couple of decent starts. Um, he got his first win of the year. And to tie this into some injury news here, Severino played his first rehab game. Does Clark Schmidt's kind of past three weeks here, or three last starts, change who stays in the rotation when Severino comes back because it seems like Severino might be back you know right after Memorial Day here and Brito didn't look great versus the A's so I, I wonder kind of what what that's going to mean for the for the starting rotation moving forward but you know um Clark Schmidt's last two starts you know see six innings versus Oakland two runs when only went four and a third versus Cleveland, but, but again, uh, no earned runs there. Uh, so I'll take that from Clark as a fifth starter. Um, he, he's making it. He's trying to make a push to to stay in the rotation for you know the rest of the first half of the year. I think whoever goes when Severino comes back is still going to play a role on the days Severino starts, possibly because they're going to have him on a pitch count early, innings count this season. Maybe he he was on an innings count last year. I mean, look yeah. at what they did when they put him on the sixty day IL. 
So whoever goes, I think, is still going to have a role, assuming they keep one of the two between Brito and Schmidt on the 25-man roster. As to who that is, as for the what-are-you-doing-for-me-lately crowd, it's probably going to be Schmidt. Brito struggled against the A's, against the Rays. He got hit up, uh, and then he threw five innings in Texas, two earned runs, five Ks. That was his best start since his first two starts uh, prior to getting absolutely shelled by the Twins a month ago at Yankee Stadium. I think Schmidt is going to stay in the rotation, but watch for Brito or Schmidt if he goes to have a role on days Severino starts. I bet Severino might be at 75, 80 pitches in his first couple starts back and sometimes that's four innings or less yeah yeah no i think that's a good point and it makes sense too as we kind of seen the yankees using the 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 multi-inning guys of mike king you know debbie garcia getting some action today so it's something we will we'll we'll look at clark smith's last four starts he's got 3.00 era 27 strikeouts Seven earned runs, uh, still giving up more than a hit per inning at 24 hits. But so if he can limit these hits, you know, he makes, you know, from the change of, uh, you know, I was wanting him off the roster 10 days, 15 days ago. He was unbelievably bad. It's nice to see him keep his composure and pull out a couple of good starts here, even though the the talent of the lineup he's faced has, has not been good at, at all. So we'll, um, we'll, we'll see that. Sticking to the rotation here, you know, Nestor Cortez got pushed back to, 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 to miss the the Rays uh, and hopefully get like a little softball start versus the A's and he didn't look great and that's kind of a few starts in a row for Cortez here where he looks you know a little struggle with the command and just not the same Nestor that we are we were used to seeing the past you know two years at this point uh, any any concerns with what's going on with uh, old Mustache he hasn't had a quality start in his last three outings fourteen and two thirds twelve earned runs giving up four long balls. 17 strikeouts to seven walks. I think there's a little bit of concern, but yeah. against the A's on Monday, it was five innings, two runs, six hits. Nothing to sound the alarm about, but the strikeouts were down against a very, very weak lineup. I'm not sounding And he left alarm. with the bases loaded. Like those two, he was, you know, that was the sixth inning. He loaded the bases up on three straight batters here. I'm still just mad because I bet him to get five strikeouts and he, he couldn't, he got four through three innings and, and then he got to get taken out there. But I agree, there's definitely a concern. You know, got, got shelled versus Texas. Got to start push back then a, a day or two. Didn't play, didn't play as good versus you know Minnesota. It's I saw this cool stat in 26 career starts at Yankee Stadium. He's never given up more than three earned runs, which is crazy. That's a record for starting pitchers. So like you said, it's 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 it hasn't been quality starts here, but it's not the same Nestor that we're we're used to seeing here. You know, his first start of the year versus the Phillies he looked great, giving up only one run. Um, but but overall, I think something's a little off with him compared to last year. I think there is too, but we'll see what it is going forward. We're a few weeks out from Memorial Day. I'm confident he'll turn things around. He's going to get a turn this weekend in a Huge. crucial Huge series. Uh, you know, we don't like to look at the standings early on, but the Yankees are eight games back. They can make that dent a few weeks ahead of that Memorial Day benchmark, which is the first real one in Major League Baseball, I think. You're seeing the weather warm up a lot in some places. April baseball, I always say, get out of it 500. The Yankees had to take trips to Cleveland and Minnesota. Some of these games are played in horrible weather. I, I turn see the White Sox games on the whip around at night, and it's like every game is played in 43 degrees. I mean... Those are tough for a lot of players out there. So right now, 
few weeks out from Memorial Day. It's a big series. And I love how the schedule, the Yankees play every team in Major League Baseball. What I want to do away with forever, and it might be hard because the travel schedule, is these two series in three series against the same opponent. The Yankees have it against the Rays this month, and then next month against the Red Sox. They play them six times in eight games. Weird stat about the schedule. The Yankees will see every division opponent twice before seeing the Red Sox six times in eight days. But I love the schedule change to plan every opponent, but it gets kind of annoying when you have the same one two times in three series. Agreed. And, and it loses our chance to go to Oakland and, and face them again this year because that would be a nice, you know, three wins here. So we'll, I agree with all that. And it, it, yeah, it's, it's tough when you play the same team. Now it's you, you know who you're playing. It's always a divisional opponent when that happens, um, and it's important because, like you said, these these games are, are going to be super important later on in the years. You know, we can look back. You know, when in August, September comes around, and, and let's say the Yankees are three or four games out, you could be like, all right, what's a stretch of the year that that we should have paid more attention to? And I'll be like, oh, in early May, the Yankees played the race seven times in ten days. And they lost, you know, five of those seven. Well, there you go. That's that. There's a division right there. So super, super important. Also super important is having a strength of a bullpen here. And we got to talk about Ian Hamilton. This is looking to be like another Cashman steal out of thin air here. Signing Ian Hamilton uh, as a free agent on a minor league contract deal. He's currently 10th in all of Major League Baseball in relievers for, for Fangraph's war. Um, you know, 13, 13 games, 20 innings, just uh, just been amazing for the Yankees. And then used in high leverage save situation down in Tampa. Uh, I think he should be used in that situation, you know, more and more. He's, he's got a 1.35 ERA in, in those 20 innings. Just another huge unexpected weapon out of the bullpen that's emerged uh, this year and is, will be needed as, you know, injuries like Loisaga pile up in the Yankees pen. Bit of a journeyman too. He made his MLB debut with the White Sox, only played 10 games and then was out the 2019 season, four games in 2020 and one game in 2020. He had 15 career appearances before coming to the Yankees in 2023. And he's got a one three five ERA. He's giving up less than a hit and walk per inning. Great stuff. I mentioned him as a possible ninth inning option on last week's episode, and we both kind of agreed that they wouldn't look to go down that route. And then, boom, high leverage save situation on Saturday against Tampa. What do you know? I really like Woody's brain, and it could be a diamond in the rough. Yeah, it's really huge. not much experience leading up to this year. And look, when you have Clay Holmes struggling, and you have to kind of work around that ninth inning and, and figure out what you could do here, having a guy here who's got you know so far he's left on eighty two percent of batters. He's got a ground ball rate over sixty. Like this, this is the guy. That, these are guys that Cashman just finds. This is you know kind of seeming like another Clay Holmes from a couple of years ago. Clay obviously. Hasn't been the same since, you know, middle of last year when he got hurt. But, you know, this is just another guy that, that just is picked out of thin air by, by Cashman for free. And, and it's awesome. And you team that up with, you know, Michael King is seventh in reliever war right now. So the Yankees got two of the top ten guys out of their bullpen in, in this this leaderboard here. And that, that's awesome to hear. And you, then you got the, you know, the everydayers of Wandy Peralta um, that they're just, you know, Wandy being Wandy. That the Yankees continue to have injuries out of the bullpen year after year, and they continue to it continues to still be a massive strength for them. It, it's that's you know give Brian Cashman all the shit you want for 
high-priced free agents he's passed on or trades that he's made. But but finding guys out of the pen for for nothing is he's. I'd say the best in baseball at. It's one of his trademarks, without a doubt. And Hamilton's just the latest example right here. Signing a minor league contract with the Yankees over the winter and now is one of the best arms in the bullpen. You just love to see it. And you don't really know when guys like Lewiska or Tommy Canely are going to be back. is going to be a while, now that I remember. So, I completely forgot Tommy Canely exists. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy tight pants is a Yankee. Too. Tommy Tidepants is a Yankee, and adding him to this is going to be fantastic. I saw him actually in the in the in the uh, in, in the dugout for for one one big home run. He was going nuts. So hopefully that means he's getting close to being back here and adding to this because, like you said, we can't trust Clay Holmes. Um, but if you got guys like Hamilton, uh, Mike King, Wandy Peralta, and, and Tommy Kaleen all firing all cylinders here. That gives an arsenal uh, of Boone to, to work with. And it'll take some of this, this load off. Like I said, Mike King's already got 20 innings. Ian Hamilton, we said we had 15 appearances his entire career in the majors. He's already got 20 innings under his belt. So we don't want to burn these guys out. Luckily, like you have games like today where Debbie Garcia's can pop up out of nowhere after three years and get his get a save in a, in a blowout game and then be sent right back down uh, on the Or Davey. He got, he got called, up, called up today, sent down today. Uh, just hey, but you, cool. but you pick up your first MLB save. I think he signs up for that every day. He'll sign up for that, no problem. He, he, I hope he has. He turns 24 next week, so I hope he kind of can work his way. But this is kind of his full, first full year as uh, a reliever. You know, if he could fine tune that in 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 the minors and become an impact arm for the Yankees at the pen later this year or next year, that's a, that's another win. You know, he he had that kind of spark out of nowhere. But he's tiny, man. I was watching him today. I, it seemed like I was zoomed out on the TV screen. He's a, he's a little guy, um, but it, but it's it's nice to see him still uh, you know making his way back in after three years. That's it's been a while. It has been. I remember him most from the 2020 pandemic shortened season when he was getting quite a few starts down the stretch for the Yankees, and he just really wasn't able to find it. I, I remember his curveball being all over the place the last couple of years. He's got a great so change, but we'll he to... was one of the guys I remember in the. Jay Happ deal in 2018 who the Yankees were like intent on not trading and I believe it was like that for another pitcher they were going after as well so yeah. they liked him they liked him he, he, he was a top prospect at one point uh, and obviously fell off but maybe there's a there, there's something there so we'll um, we'll see if we see Debbie again this year I don't know but maybe, but maybe maybe so we'll get some fresh arms for for Tampa which will be nice and uh, probably needed because the Yankees will go to that pen pretty often uh, for versus that versus that lineup um, it was great to see Anthony Volpe break out of his slump. He was 0 for 17, I think, coming into tonight, today, uh, or yesterday afternoon as you're listening. Smoked that Grand Slam. He had a triple uh, on Tuesday, and definitely to, to break that streak. So, yeah, so his streak was uh, 0 for 17 before Tuesday. Uh, it was 1 for 19 um, coming into today. Good good triple, showed off the speed on Tuesday, and then, and then showed off the power. That was a deep, deep shot. For his grand salami, uh, 420 feet here. Kids all smiles. Hopefully, this can kind of uh, to kind of change it, change uh, the luck for him. Because uh, we saw the athletic article. He's uh, he's been hitting the ball really hard and really and just literally just getting unlucky. Um, you know, he's batting 205 on the year, but four home runs, so he's shown off that power and still has that 11 stolen bases here. So, but I would like to see him get on base a little earlier in the game so we can use these wheels and make an impact. 
but I'll, but I'll take a grand slam uh, every day of the year. Anthony Volpe is obviously the most hyped Yankees shortstop since Derek Jeter. I think that is more than fair to say. I know Didi. I think most hyped prospect. Like good years. He's the most hyped prospect or player since since you know Jeter. Like when's the last time we said a, a top ten prospect come in and get winning opening day job? Like that just doesn't happen for the Yankees. I know Judge did it in 2017 with Aaron Hicks, but we saw a glimpse of Judge in 2016. And but he, he was, wasn't even a top. He wasn't like a top 20 prospect in baseball. You know the Yankees liked him, but we're not talking. This is Volpe. It was top 10 in baseball. So it's a little different. It, but yeah. So with Volpe hitting the grand slam today, he gets it six weeks into his first major league season. Derek Jeter. It took him until his 11th season to get his first career grand slam. I'll never forget it. It was a June 2005 game. June 18th, 2005. I am a weird, weird fellow. When it comes I looked to it up to dates. Hit his first Grand Slam against the Chicago Cubs on a Saturday afternoon. And Volpe gets it in the first 40 games of his major league career. So officially, Derek Jeter played 100 and I'm sorry, 1,340 games to get a Grand Slam. And Anthony Volpe got it in his 39th game. And that was Jeter's only career Grand Slam. Yep. But he was a great Grand Slam hitter. Jeter batted 300, 300 306, I think, is in his career. Um, so he was a great bases-loaded hitter, um, but never got – you know, he wasn't a huge home run hitter. I think Volpe's got some got some more power to him. But it, it was nice to see. It was always the same spot, too. I just saw the video that it was kind of like the exact same kind of home run, which is, which is cool, and that's just how sports are. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that. But, yeah, hopefully this turns Volpe around a bit. Like I said, he's hitting the ball – Really, really hard. Hitting the ball in some good spots and just kind of having bad luck. And unfortunately, luck is part of baseball. Um, and you got to not stay down on that. Um, if this could turn him around and get him a little hot, because he had a little hot streak two weeks ago uh, before he got cold again. Uh, but he's got 27 hits on the year. Uh, he's playing every day. He leads, he leads the Yankees in games played with uh, with 38. Um, he thought there might be a, a possibility that he gets a day off. Um, but luckily, Boone didn't do that. And he hit a grand slam. And we'll see him out there all, all the time. And his his double play partner in Gleyber Torres is uh, getting his little power stroke back too. He's got six home runs on the year, and he had uh, two games versus the uh, versus the A's. We're back, you know, hit hit some home runs. You know, Gleyber for all the trade talk, all the you know where why should we play this guy? Where is he going to play? He's been the everyday second baseman, which Aaron Boone has, has said going into spring training, um, and he's backed it up. He's batting three hundred in his last seven games, but overall, you know, two uh, two fifty eight on the year. Um, and good to see that, you know, that power stroke, it seems like it's fully back. Used the wheels a little early in the year, too. So it showed off some speed with five stolen bases. I haven't seen one of those in a little bit. But but overall, i am uh, been happy to see, uh, you know, everything from Glaber. And he's been stepping up in a time when, you know, that lineup needed it without Stanton and Judge. He slumped for a couple of weeks there, too. But it wasn't it's what like he does. that all... It wasn't like that August last year, which really brought his numbers down. And we would have been talking about an all-star second baseman had he... Not gotten like three hits in the month of August of 2022 because that was one of the worst months I've ever seen from any player. But he's showing some pop. Glad to see him back. A bright spot in that lineup. And if he avoids those long lulls, you can have a lull for a couple of weeks. If he avoids those four or five week long stretches where he only gets a handful of hits, he's going to be batting in the top half of that lineup. And especially with the Yankees injury situation right now with Stanton still on the injured list. I'm happy to see him hitting the ball well, and it, it looks like there's going to be a little bit more consistency. You, people forget his 2018 and 2019. I, I know it was a long time ago. Everyone gets the mulligan 
for 2020, but there's only been two seasons since that. So heading into this season, it was a career-defining year, a Yankees career-defining year for Glaber Torres, who we've mentioned it a million times. He's been in trade talks seemingly the past few off-seasons, and he's acknowledged it, and he's come out and, and proven to be a solid hitter this year we're huge fans of him here on the podcast i hope he keeps it going yeah and i think it often gets forgotten that unlike bader he's not in a contract year i think a lot of people might think that he's gonna be a free agent after this year like technically he's got another year so you know the yankees tech really don't have to make the decision on him until after next season i think he's still gonna come up a ton in trade talks and right now he's boosting his trader trade value and I don't think the Yankees will be shy to move him, knowing that, you know, if this is a way to possibly save some dollars. But, like, he's going to get a $100 million contract, I would assume so. You know, when you're going to have a 27-, 28-year-old hit free agency in his prime, um, and if he continues to put up a, a strong season, you know, he's got a, you know, a career, you know, 115 uh, OPS plus, And he's even better than that this year at 124. So he's got a chance to, to, to bring that up there. But I like him. And he, the Yankees ha, are going to continue to play him every day, and that's fine. It's completely fine. Especially, we'll see what happens when Josh Donaldson comes back. See who gets the, you know the rest around the infield. Um, it seems like Josh is starting to you know ramp back up baseball activities and, and see how long it takes for him to get playing. Um, Forgot about him. Yeah, I mean it'd be fine if he disappeared too, because right now it's been it's been going okay. But you know the Yankees are going to play him. You're going to play him a lot, and that might be some more off days for Glaber. I think it the likeliest move it probably pushes Glaber or DJ to to DH while we still wait for Stanton to come back so the Yankees always have said you know why we we, you know we don't want to trade away you know the injuries seem to work themselves out and we the guys that we think get at bats get at bats and that that happens every year for the Yankees uh and we wish it didn't because that means it would be no injuries but we'll have to uh Follow that. Follow that for for Josh Donaldson. He was around the park smiling the other day. So we'll see where where that leads. All right, Sam. Like we said, big week coming up. Four more versus the Rays, and then the Blue Jays um, also come to town. The Yankees are eight games out of first place, technically in last place in the AL Beast. Huge, huge benchmark for the Yankees. I know Memorial Day is our, is the benchmark that we laid out here, but these next seven days are huge. No off days between these games, so. Gonna need a gonna need a bullpen. Gonna need our starters to give us length here, and gonna need a consistent lineup um, that, that's put up runs. So I'm confident, based on what we've seen the lineup do, you know, the past week and a half, that that the lineup might be back. But this is this could be the, a do or die kind of seven games here. You know, you go one and six here versus the division, Yankees will be in last place. You know, thirteen games out of first place. They actually go to Toronto. To Toronto. So so even more important. And it's a four-game series in Toronto. I mean, this is some sick Gosh. shit right here. <laughs> yeah. The next eight games. Massive. Do you sign, do you sign for four and four? I'm yeah. signing for four and yeah, four. Yeah, you do. You have to. You, you, you have to. Especially if you're going to Toronto here. You know, they're playing well. Um, they, see a, they see all three. Uh, if you look at both teams and the best pitchers, they see all of the best pitchers. They see McClanahan. On Saturday, he matches up against Cortez. And then in the first two games against Toronto, they see Manoa and Galsman. And it's Brito and Herman in those two games for the Yankees mm. until Cole and Bassett. I mean, it, you're going to have to bite your lip, close your eyes, and hope and pray here. Because we saw what the Rays did to the Yankees last weekend, even though the Yankees should have won two of three. 
and the Yankees did not have much success against Toronto when they came to the Bronx last month. The Blue Jays won two of three. So I'm going to be the put on my realist cap here. I'm going to say I'm signing for four and four. Yeah, and that's going to require that Nestor Cortez kind of circle back. When we're talking, Nestor Cortez has to be the number two, and he has to perform well. Like he's got. You know, McClanahan, who's awesome. So that's a huge matchup on, on, on Saturday. And then he's got Barrios the next two games. Two huge matchups for Nestor Cortez here. Um, you know, I think, you know, Cole is Cole. And it, but it's going to be impossible to go 4-4 four and four if Cortez struggles. So the, he, to me, he's the biggest player the next eight days for the Yankees. Yeah. And, and he only pitches is... two of those games. That's how important he is. He only pitches two of the eight games here. So obviously, you know, guys like Aaron Judge are huge, but... If, if Cortez struggles and you get shelled those two games here, I, I find it hard to believe you're going to get four and four. I think you're very right about that. And we say it's early in the season that Memorial Day is the first benchmark, but this could be a season-defining stretch for the Yankees. Especially in, when you're in, in last place right now. You're in like it, it's, it, it becomes more important because you're 21 and 17, which is okay, but you're in last place. Like that is that is the division here. Like it's very conceivable that you're going to have. Uh, all three wild card spots come out of the the AL East, but until until Boston and, and Baltimore, you know, kind of come down from expectations a little bit here, this is a serious fight to stay at the last place in, in in the standings and and playing guys playing you know the top you know the Blue Jays are technically right there below above us right now, so it's it's the Rays at twenty nine and nine, four games up on the O's, seven games up on the Red Sox, seven and a half on the Blue Jays, and eight games up on the Yankees. So it's, you know, after these important eight games here, I would like to see the Yankees go, you know, six and two here and push themselves into third place in the standings. Like we don't want to be standings watching right now, but it's when you're kind of having this division, you have to like the Minnesota twins are in first place with a worse record than the Yankees. The Yankees are in last place. So they would be, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty nuts. They are, the Yankees would be leading the division in the central and they would be three games behind the Rangers in the West. Um, so, you know, we kind of look at that. of The Astros, if we want to just do a full MLB kind of scale right now, have struggled deeply as well. They're only one game over 500, but they're only three games out of the division. So eight games is a lot, no matter what time you're in at the year. Um, so you, you can't let that get to double digits. If you're, you're at double digits on Memorial Day, that's a fight to, to for that division to, to make it competitive uh, all year long. You go to the National League, too, the be tied with the Pirates in the Central and then be two games behind the Dodgers in the West and be in second place in the National League West. Yeah, so I mean, look all around baseball, the, the Yankees aren't a last place team, but they are in the AL East. So that means that the division games become ever more important. So that's why it's, it's huge when you play a team like the Rays and then you go straight into playing uh, a team like the Blue Jays. And you're know, probably going to have some fireworks in the – in the Blue Jays game, as it, you know, they always like to get under the Yankees' skin or try to get under the Yankees' skin a little bit. So you know, it's going to be eight almost like playoff type atmospheres possibly because I think the New York crowd's going to show up this this series versus race because I know it's important. And, and Toronto does does the same when and, you know on their home field. So super important games here. You got to have great pitching or else you you have no chance. Uh, for the Yankees. Need good pitching, and that starts with Nestor Cortez and hopefully Cole having a bounce-back start. And they're going to need the younger guys to pull their weight, too, in Schmidt and Brito because they're going to see the field uh, here as well. Schmidt has two starts 
in this stretch, or no, excuse me, Schmidt starts against Tampa Bay and Brito starts once against uh, Toronto, which does well for the Yanks, but guys like Domingo Herman, Cole, and Cortez each start twice. They they lined it up nicely, um, and I wonder if this, you know, that Cortez strip through thing we're pushing him back a day kind of um, uh, kind of leads into the guy. Ah, if you push him back a day here, that means we can get him twice versus, the, you know, these rivals versus having, you know, Brito go go twice here. So could be some strategy there by the Yankees, um, but we'll uh, we'll have to see where it, where it lands. Um, so a lot of long balls, finally. The Yankees had their, their first, you know, four home run game uh, of the year, which was, which was needed here. A little tie up top the leaderboard with, with six home runs for Torres, Judge, and, uh, and who am I forget? Oh, Anthony Rizzo. Which is nice. Uh, Jake Bowers got his second dinger uh, of the year versus the 420 opposite field bomb. We talked about him and his power in, in AAA last week and, and him getting some more playing time here. Um, it was nice to see him go oppo there for, for a legit legit bomb there too. So and I think we mentioned Bader, and Bader's got three already. So um, I think it's time we see – I think I need to see a couple home runs from Aaron Judge in this these series coming up here. Kind of had the, the couple games versus the A's to get back into it. Had some multi-hit games. Um, but let, let's see some long balls from from Judge here. Let's see him get to – I would love to see him have four home runs in these next ten games. Let's do it. I, I think he, he kind of got his feet wet against the A's. He had a nice three-for-four game on Wednesday afternoon. Let's do it. If the Yankees' offense is going to be elite, it starts with this guy, especially with Stanton out for the next month or so. Yeah, and they're going to need need to do it because, you know, the, the Rays are still leading the majors in – in home runs, uh, the Yankees have 51 uh, on the year, but for you know that that's top five in Major League Baseball. But they got to limit the home runs for the for the pitching uh, as well because the Rays have 75 home runs. I think we we talked about it a few weeks ago too. But the amount of times they're hitting home runs is 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 pretty is pretty crazy here. So you know Yankees Yankees and Rays are hitting the ball well. And surprisingly, actually the the Blue Jays. Uh, are not that high on the list. They have some home run pop guys, and obviously Vladdy is there. But um, I'm a little surprised to see them with only 41 home runs on the year, which is the Yankees need to make sure they, they limit that because we know that these guys in Toronto love kind of hitting off Yankee pitching, and it, and it seems like they always have someone who has like a three-home run game versus us. You're right. That guy Jordan Diaz, three home runs for the A's. Of, of course, for them, they're so bad it comes in a 10-5 to loss. I can't, I can't. That was crazy. I can't get over this team. They have like a hundred people coming to their games, like you said on Twitter. It's it's remarkable, and they reportedly agreed to the deal in Las Vegas to get the land by the Tropicana. That it's Vegas saying, deal means nothing if you're going to put these type of teams out there. Like I know they're like, but you got to be. If I'm Vegas, I don't accept that deal unless you be like, hey, you're you better have a hundred million dollar payroll minimum. Like if you're going to yeah. commit and put this team out there, no one's going to want to go to these games. I know it's Vegas, and it'll be cool to go to a game. But like, look at the Vegas Knights. They went out there. They put a good product on the field. Um, the, the Raiders are, are you know, a, a national team. That it's put, NFL, too. Every, uh, right. Everybody's coming to see their NFL team play in Vegas. Right. I, I don't think you, you got to – there has to be significant changes for the, the A's to, to draw crowds in Vegas. So people aren't going to want to be sitting in 120-degree weather. I'm assuming you're going to have a dome out there, a retractable dome at least, um, for, for this. But I feel bad for those players. A couple of these guys, you know, like – Muller, who came over in the, the the Sean Murphy deal, you know their catcher comes over. They're, they're young guys. They're playing for, you know their 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 spot in the bigs. But there, there doesn't seem like there's a future insight for for Oakland. So I feel bad for the fans there. I saw a crazy clip here as as I'm watching the uh, 
Warriors game, there's a clip of Steph Curry from 2012 saying, one day I hope Warriors games are as exciting as Oakland A's games. Because he, he went to an A's playoff game and it was rowdy. And he was like, wow, this is pretty cool atmosphere. That <laughs> decade later, Warriors have built a, one of the bigger dynasties in NBA history and have, uh, you know, their crowds are insane. And you got maybe 10 people going to an A's game. I'm excited for the A's to go to Las Vegas because I already have it in my mind. I want to go to one of the crazy Las Vegas day clubs and then right to a Yankees A's game. That would be an unbelievable Let's scenario. Let's do it, Sam. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I, I'm all aboard. I am all aboard. All right, we'll do it, Sam. If my if my one sixty two and sixty one sixty two and sixty two TikTok uh, phase turns out to be a success and, and wins money, we'll, we'll put it towards that pot, and then we'll we'll go and use that for uh, for for a Yankees A's in Vegas game here. Uh, speaking of the one sixty two in one sixty two, I hit two in a row. I hit two in a row. It's huge news. It's huge news. Um, that puts me at a lovely six, sixteen and twenty-two on the year, uh, minus four point four units. It's been a, it's been a rough it's been a rough few weeks. Much like the Yankees, uh, the end of April was not kind to me, and early May is not kind. But we're turning it around, uh, and we got back-to-back winners for us. And as I said, I'm still mad at Nestor Cortez. Should have been a three-game winning streak here, but but Nestor Cortez. Uh, only finished with four strikeouts versus the A's when he's gotten five strikeouts all the time, and this is a weak lineup. But we'll, we're making it work, and we're climbing back to to even here. But uh, I might need some help for uh, a Sammy pick to to cl- help me climb back. That's gonna be coming soon. You just gotta. I'm gonna eye up some things, and you gotta send me some screenshots because uh, I've said <laughs> it before. For some reason, uh, sports betting is not legal in Florida. You, you can do. Anything else you want in this state? All right, we'll make it happen here. And but uh, don't forget to follow along on on TikTok for me. Shameless plug for for me embarrassing myself and losing my family's money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's end it there, Sam. It's been a good week of Yankees baseball. Let's get some positive thoughts here. We went four and two, which is what we wanted. You want to go four and four next week here? I'm gonna be a little more positive. The Yankee lineup to me has been the biggest difference here. Like I said, seven straight runs. Seven, four straight games of seven runs or more. And they've been having, Sam, they've been having some big innings. Like they scored 11 versus Oakland uh, on Wednesday afternoon, but it was four in the first and then seven in the sixth here. So I love a big inning, but I also like to add on some tic-tac runs here and there too. So I, I, give me a big inning, but I need the Yankees to also give me a couple, uh, you know, just old school grind them out runs. Um, can't rely on the home run, but the home runs are great. But it's nice to see that they have that big inning in them. Because I think a couple times, you know, even versus the Rays here, they, they scoring a crooked number is, is a game changer. And that's where we kind of full circle it, where someone like Bader makes a huge difference. Because if Judge and Rizzo give us an RBI or a big hit here, the rally doesn't end now because you have Bader. And we get these more crooked numbers uh, on the scoreboard, which, which has been great to see this week. 4-7 to seven Wednesday against Oakland. We love to see it. Uh, I, I know... The Yankees are going to go back to playing major league teams in the next few weeks, but <laughs> it, it's very nice to see. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna finish off. I think the Yankees go go five and three out of the eight here. They played Let's the go. they played the Rays really well, so I, I I like to see them take you know three out of four from the Rays, and, and then they split on the road in uh in the with the Blue Jays. I think that's my my prediction for the week here, and we'll come back after that Blue Jays series. You look at the schedules and see what works. But, you know, eight back right now, 
it, it'd be great to come back and be the Yankees only five back. You know, let, let's start chipping away at this lead. Let's let's do what we're not supposed to do and start looking at the standings here. But but overall, four games over 500 for the Yankees is a, is improvement from when we chatted last week. So that, that it's a successful week of baseball. It is. I'm gonna go four and four, but I'm ho- I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope you were the one that's right. I will definitely text you if you're wrong and make sure you remember that you picked the Yankees to go four and four. But <laughs> that we'll is... probably be talking next Thursday. We'll probably be talking next Thursday after uh, this crucial stretch of games. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll break All, right. Up then. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of podcasting in pinstripes on the Gotham Sport Network. As always, you can follow me at AngelSteve89 on Twitter and all social media. And the same for Sam at Real Sam Mars. Uh, until next week, go Yankees. And always love talking to you, Sam. Always love talking to you too, Steve. Go Yanks. <laughs>